So two years ago, Netflix released a fascinating documentary called The Alpinist, which follows a young man by the name of Marc-Andre Leclerc. Leclerc was a very well-known climber in the climbing community. In fact, uh, he was considered the best alpinist of an entire generation of climbers. This young Canadian climber uh, had an otherworldly ability to climb rock, ice, and snow, and he dominated many of the world's most iconic and dangerous summits, smashing world records along the way. And everyone who knew Marc-Andre Leclerc said of his passion for climbing that he was made for this, that he was made for this. And this morning, I wanna ask you a question. What were you made for? What is your purpose? Why on earth are you here? I think at one time or another, we ask those questions, and I think they're good questions to ask. I think purpose is a very important topic that we uh, should explore. And today, in a message that I'm calling Made for This, what we're gonna do is we're gonna contrast this idea of finding a purpose with the idea of serving a purpose. We're gonna contrast the idea of finding or discovering or searching for a purpose with the idea of serving a purpose. There's a lot of content out there, a lot of uh, messages that preachers have preached. There are a lot of books out there uh, that talk about finding my purpose. How many of you have read a book like that or heard a sermon about that? Finding my purpose, discovering my purpose, searching and seeking for this sort of elusive question, why on earth am I here? Uh, but what I want to challenge today is the idea that we find a purpose uh, by showing you from God's word that purpose is actually something that we serve. And here's the big idea for my message today. God has a purpose for your life. Would you turn to your neighbor and tell them God has a purpose for your life? God has a purpose for your life. But it's not something you discover. It's not something you find. It's not something you should be searching for. Purpose is something that you serve. And here's the problem for some of us. The problem for some of us is that we confuse purpose. We confuse purpose. A lot of us will say, you know, I'm searching for my purpose, but really what you're looking for is a lifestyle, a lifestyle, right? You say, I'm trying to discover my purpose. I want to know what on earth am I here? Why on earth am I here? And you begin to think about what career you will have or what kind of social life, if any, you will have. You start thinking about marriage and what kind of family you'll have and what kind of hobbies that you'll choose. The problem is that's not purpose. That's Lifestyle And lifestyle is something that we prayerfully choose and sort of create uh, for ourselves. Purpose, on the other hand, is, some, uh, is what something was created for. Do you see the difference? Lifestyle is something that we create for ourselves. Purpose is what something was created for. To say it another way, purpose is original intent. All right, take the chair that you're sitting on right now, for example. What is the purpose of a chair? What, what is the original intent of a chair? Well, to provide you a place to sit, right? 
And you may use a chair as a step stool to reach for something high up in a cabinet, but that's not its original intent, is it? The original intent of a chair is to provide a place to sit. Purpose is original intent. And I came to tell you this morning that God has a purpose for your life. Your life has original intent. The problem for some of you is that you confuse it. The problem for others in the room is that you try to find it. You try to find it. We go, what's my purpose? How do I find my purpose? What on earth am I here for? And what are we doing? We're trying to discover our purpose. We're trying to to, to figure it out. And let me just say this. Again, a lot of well-meaning Christian pastors and authors have have, have taught us over the years that that purpose is something that we should should find. I, I wanna submit to you today very respectfully that I disagree and I actually think that a lot of pastors and authors have done a disservice to the church by speaking and writing a lot about that because when it comes to finding your purpose, it isn't meant to be found, it's meant to be served. Your purpose isn't meant to be found, it's meant to be served. And and I wanna turn your attention uh, to King David uh, to help illustrate this. And so uh, let's take a look at The book of Acts, chapter 13, verse 36, uh, Luke is writing and he is uh, uh, giving his account of Paul and Barnabas at uh, Antioch in Pisidia, where Paul is preaching the gospel to the men of Israel. And here in verses 34 through 36, give or take a few, um, Paul is sort of contrasting uh, the outcomes of the deaths of David and Jesus. And Luke says something uh, very important about purpose that I want you to key in on. And so Acts chapter 13, verse 36, Luke writes this. For David, after he had, say it with me, served the purpose of God in his own generation, what did he do? He fell asleep, which is a nice way to say he died. And then he was laid with his fathers and saw corruption, meaning his body decayed, it stayed in the grave. Unlike Jesus, right, the grave could not hold him. He rose from the grave victorious over death and that gives us the hope of eternal life. And so what Luke is doing is he's contrasting that. Okay, and that's a whole nother sermon, but what I wanted you to key in on is the fact that David served the purpose of God. Okay, and so just a couple of things I want you to notice here. Number one, um, the purpose wasn't David's, it was God's. That's really important for us to understand is that purpose isn't about me. Purpose isn't about you. It's not about your purpose, it's about God's purposes. And so uh, David Uh, It wasn't his purpose, it was God's purpose, but number two, it was something that he served, not something that um, he found. And I think David understood this from a very young age. In fact, in Psalm 78, verses 70 and 71, the Bible tells us that uh, as David was serving the purpose of God in the sheep fields, okay, that, that this is what it says. It says, God chose David, his what? His servant, David was a servant of God. And and what does it say? It says, God took him. Okay, so I want you to imagine God picking David up. God, God took David, right? 
as, he was, as David was serving God's purposes, being a shepherd in the, in the sheep fields, this nasty, dirty, uh, very, very difficult job of shepherding nasty, dirty sheep, right? God took him, and what did he do? What does the Bible say? It says he took him from there, from following the nursing ewes, and he did what he, he God, brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people, Israel, his inheritance. And so what I want you to see here is that David uh, was not you know, wandering around the, the, the sheepfolds looking for his purpose. He wasn't trying to climb the ladder of, of shepherd success so that he could uh, realize his purpose, right? He, he wasn't you know, sitting under a tree writing his next Billboard Top 10 Psalm, you know, trying to figure out what's my purpose, no. He was serving God's purposes right where God had him. And in God's timing, based on God's purposes for David's life, he chose David to serve his purposes in a new and really profound way, which was to lead uh, uh, the, the people of Israel. And, and, and David understood this from his very own lips. He said this in Psalm 138. He said, the Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me, not my purpose for me, his purpose for me. Purpose is not meant to be found, it's meant to be served. God has a purpose for your life, church. The problem for some of you is that you confuse purpose with lifestyle. Others, you're trying to discover something that's not meant to be found but served, and I would further argue in plain sight. If you have a Bible, would you hold it up? And maybe you're looking at your Bible on your phone. You can hold that up too. Just hold it up, leave it up in the air. God has a purpose for your life. And that purpose is in plain sight. It's in the book that you hold in your hands right now. It is within the pages of God's word. God has a purpose for your life. And during our time together today, what I wanna do is what I hope to be a very practical, very applicable exercise where we use what you're holding in your hand, what's in plain sight, God's word, to unpack this idea that purpose is best served. Listen to this. When I understand, number one, why God created me, but also number two, when I embrace how God made me. And so with that, let's pray. God, I thank you that you've given us purpose. I thank you that we don't have to go around trying to find it, trying to discover it. We don't have to try to figure out this elusive question, why on earth am I here? You've given us our purpose within the pages of your holy word. And as we open it today, would you speak to our hearts and would you help us to understand clearly why it is that we're here? We pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So God has a purpose for your life. But it's not something you discover, it's something you serve. And God's purposes are best served when you understand, number one, why God made you. So let's talk about why God made you. I have three reasons. The first one is this. God made you for his pleasure. You were made for God's pleasure. Colossians 1.16 tells us this, that all things, that's you, all things were created by him and for him. What this verse teaches us is, number one, that God is a creative being. And he created you 
for his pleasure. Now let me ask you a question. Does that mean that God created you to entertain him? No. No, you know how I know that? Because not only is God a creative being, he is also a personal being who desires a relationship with you. Hosea 6, chapter six, God says, I desire steadfast love and not sacrifice. The knowledge of God rather than burnt offerings. God says, listen, I didn't create you just for sacrifices, Okay, God enjoys our sacrifices. When we make sacrifices for God, that is worship to him, we should make sacrifices for God. But God says, I didn't just create you for that. I want your love. And he goes on and he says, I didn't just create you for your offerings, although those, those things are pleasing to me. I want you to know me. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what brings God pleasure. What brings God pleasure is when his little creations, you and me, do what we were created to do, which is to know and to love him. And so why did God make me? Well, number one, he made me for his pleasure. And here's what you need to understand this morning, church. You can serve God's purposes best with knowing and loving him. That's where it starts. Serving God's purposes starts with knowing and loving him. Listen, if you were created by God, and you were, and if you were created in his image, and you are, then you have to understand that fulfilling your purpose in life absolutely starts with a relationship with him. Do you know him this morning, and do you love him? This is a question we have to answer. You were made for God's pleasure. Not only that, but number two, you were made for his family. You were created for God's family. John 1 tells us that to all who did receive him, to all who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And so it talks about receiving and believing. What does this mean? Well, when we receive Jesus Christ as our personal savior and Lord, and, and, and by faith believe that God raised him from the dead. Guess what happens? We obtain the right to become children of God. And this is a beautiful picture of adoption. Where a, a, an orphan, a, a motherless and a fatherless child becomes part of the family of a mom and dad. Beautiful picture of adoption here. And here's the truth, folks. We are spiritual orphans apart from Jesus Christ. We are lost. We are fatherless. But God is so good that he sent his son into the world that whosoever will believe in him can obtain the right to become sons and daughters of God. Listen to the heart of God. Second Corinthians six, God said, I will make my dwelling among them. Who's them? It's those who would believe and receive Jesus. I will walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And then listen to this, 18, God gets real personal. He speaks directly to you and I. And he says this, he says, I will be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we're made for. This is our purpose, to know and to love God and to become a part of God's family. And it's so important that we understand what our responsibility is to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. Galatians 6.10, Paul says this, that we should do good to everyone. Now, who's everyone? 
Well, everyone is your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers. Uh, if, 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 if it's a person, Paul's saying, hey, look, we need to be good to everyone. But I want you to notice, he gives special emphasis to who? The household of God, the family of God. Ladies and gentlemen, it is our responsibility as believers, as children of God, to do good to one another, to be in relationship with one another. You were made for God's family, and so I want you to understand this, that serving God's purposes, hey, it starts with knowing and loving God, but it continues and it grows with knowing and loving one another. Let me ask you this morning, church, how are your relationships with others in the family of God? Do you even have relationships with others in the family of God? Or are you the person that comes and sits, listens to a message and go, goes home and has no other interaction with the church? How are your relationships with the people of God? Do you know some people in the church? And I mean really know them. Are you doing life with people in the church? Are you loving and serving your brothers and sisters in Christ? Can I just tell you, one of the things I've learned in my life is that God's family, which we are so blessed to be a part of, God's family is the best classroom where we can learn to fulfill God's purpose for our life, which is to know and love him and to know and love others. Hey, it's the greatest commandment, right? That we are to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, our mind, and our soul. And then there's a second commandment just like it, which is to what? Love others like we love ourselves. Now, some of you are here and you would say, well, I don't need people in my life because people are difficult. They are difficult. They are. Some of you probably think I'm difficult. That's fine. So are you. But some people go, you know what? I don't need people in my life because people are difficult. And, 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 and some people say, you know what? Um, I don't want people up in my business. So I, I, I like to just kind of stay to myself. And if that's you this morning, God says, no. I made you for my pleasure and I made you for my family and you're gonna serve my purposes best when you know and love me and when you know and love one another. You were made for God's family. Now here's the last thing and then we'll move to how God made you. So why did God make me? For his pleasure, for his family and then here's the last thing. You were made for God's mission. You were made for God's mission. 2 Corinthians 5 it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And all this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. What's Paul talking about here? He's talking about salvation, right? He's talking about uh, crossing over from death to life through a life-giving relationship with Jesus Christ. And he says this, all this is from God who through Christ reconciled us to himself and he did what? He gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling himself, uh, the world to himself. Do you hear the love of the Father here? Do you see this? He was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting us, that's you and me, church, the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. You were made for God's mission. 
And what I want you to understand this morning is that if you wanna serve God's purposes, it advances with telling others about him. Serving God's purposes starts with knowing and loving him. It continues and it grows and it develops by knowing and loving others and it advances forward with telling others about him. You see this whole God thing that we're talking about this morning doesn't sort of just end with us becoming children of God riding off into the sunset of eternity together. That's not how it's supposed to work. No, God has us on a mission together to tell more and more people about knowing and loving him and to tell more and more people about how incredible it is to be a part of the family of God. Ladies and gentlemen, you were made for this. You were made for God's pleasure. You were made for uh, his family and you were made for his mission. And now I wanna talk to you about why God made you and how that when we embrace it, it helps us to serve God's purposes. Now, what I want you to understand this morning as we transition to how God made you is that God created you on purpose for a purpose, all right? He created you on purpose. Not a single one of you with all your quirks and with all your uniqueness and all your differences, God, not a one of you was an accident. Your parents may not have planned you on the honeymoon trip, but you weren't an accident. You may be the product of a one night stand, you're not a mistake. Your parents may have thought seriously about aborting you, thank God they didn't, you are not a mistake. You were created on purpose just the way you are for God's purposes. And God wants to use you in all your uniqueness. Amen. I want to turn your attention to the, the prophet Jeremiah. In Jeremiah chapter one, God says this to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That blows my mind. I don't know about you, but that's incredible. Before Jeremiah was even a thought in his parents' mind, he was a thought in God's mind. And, and, and this, what this tells us here is that, 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 that he formed him before he formed him in the womb, he knew him. And then more than that, before he was born, he consecrated him and he appointed him a prophet to the nations. What does that mean? That God went as far as setting Jeremiah apart for a purpose. And he gave him a specific role. Right before you were a thought in your parents' minds, God knew you. You were a thought in his mind. He gave you purpose before you ever were even in the womb, before you entered this world. This, this, I don't know about you, but this blows my mind. And, and it's so powerful, right? And so God is telling Jeremiah this about how, 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 how special he is and how important he is to God. And, and you would think that Jeremiah would be at least a little bit excited and motivated to do whatever his loving creator had purposed him to do, right? 
But what was Jeremiah's response? Well, Jeremiah's response was, but God, I, I, I don't know how to speak well, for I'm only a youth. What's Jeremiah saying? Jeremiah is saying, God, I don't know if I'm quite made for this. Right? I, I, I don't know if I'm quite made for this. Anybody in the house ever find yourself in a tough situation or staring down an opportunity or feeling God calling you to something and you go, ah, God, I don't know if I'm quite made for this. Anybody in the house ever made how you're made? Your physical stature, your personality, your quirks, your social status. You ever made that as an excuse for not doing something that maybe you felt God was calling you to do? Well, if so, you're in good company with Jeremiah. Because Jeremiah's like, God, I don't know. I'm not a good talker. And I'm kind of young. I don't, know, I don't know if I'm made for this. And I love God's response. God's response to Jeremiah was, hey, don't you say that. Original Hebrew. Don't you say that. What did God say? He said, do not say I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. What's God saying? God's saying, hey, don't use how I created you, even though you may not like it, don't use how I created you as an excuse to get out of the purposes that I have put you, uh, put you on this planet for. No, you shall go and you uh, shall speak. Ladies and gentlemen, we need to understand something this morning, that if God purposes it for your life, he will see it through. And, 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 if, and if purpose is something that we did discover, let me tell you this, one of the quickest ways to find it is to tell God what you won't do. Yeah? Can I just encourage you this morning, when it comes to how you're made, don't try to use how you were made as a cop-out or an excuse for, 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 for not serving God's purposes. Okay, I got, I got something for somebody this morning. You shall go. I, I know you might not like the way that you're made, but if God is calling you to it, you shall go. You shall speak. You shall foster those kids. You shall adopt. You shall get into full-time ministry. If God's calling to it, you shall do it. You shall serve in the nursery and change diapers if that's what God's calling you to do. Listen, God wanted me to tell somebody today, you shall serve God's purposes. Now, somebody here today says, well, pastor, you don't know my past. Well, guess what God says? Don't you say that. Don't you say that. Because guess what? You have a past, but he wants to use what happened to you. He wants to use what happened to you, good or bad. God can use what happened to you. Take the Apostle Paul, for example, in 1 Timothy. Paul is writing to Timothy to encourage him and to mentor him and to help him as a young pastor. And he says this, the saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am foremost. What is Paul saying? Paul is saying, hey, I've got a messed up past. I was a legalistic Pharisee. I ordered the killing of Christians. My past is jacked up, but listen to this. I received mercy. That in me as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience, read it with me, 
as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. What is Paul saying? He's saying, yes, I have a past full of mistakes, but as a man on God's mission, God can use what happened to me. He can use what happened to me. Listen, you need to understand this morning that your past experiences have been a great teacher in your life. And now you need to take whatever you've learned and you need to pass it on to other people. I know you got a past, but God wants to use it. He wants to use it. And you will serve God's purposes best when you embrace that. Now, somebody else in the room says, I don't like my personality. I try to be nice, but I'm a little bit introverted, so I'm misunderstood. So you know what? I'll just sit over here and I'll just keep to myself, right? God says, don't you say that. You have a unique personality, but I wanna use it. It's how I created you, right? Listen, God has uniquely wired you to interact with the world around you. Some of you have a type A personality, right? You're very opinionated. You're really good at organizing things. Others of you are sort of fun-loving, a little bit laid back, easy to get along with, but you're really messy, right? Type A, laid back and messy, doesn't matter. God wants to use you, okay? Can I tell you this morning, your uniqueness does not disqualify you from serving God's purposes. It actually qualifies you to serve God's purposes in a unique way. Psalm 139, David, talking to his creator, says this, you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. David is not just talking about muscle fibers and bones. He's talking about DNA. He's talking about all of the intricate ways that, 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 that we're created. And he says, you, you, God, you formed me this way. You knitted me together this way. And then what does he say? I praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I, I'm a little bit concerned with some of you this morning that you're not praising God for being fearfully and wonderfully made. Maybe you're mad at God for the way that you're made, but can I tell you this morning, he handmade you, he crafted you, there is no one else like you, and he created you to serve his purposes in a unique way. So embrace how God made you. Embrace how God made you. I, I, I need to tell somebody this this morning. Please stop comparing yourself to other people. Stop trying to be like that person that you follow on social media or that person that you admire. And if I could just be completely transparent with you, sometimes I struggle with this. I, I told the last service, like, I really admire Craig Groeschel. How many of you know Craig Groeschel? If you're on the Bible app right now, that's the guy. He, he's like one of the guys who created that. He's a pastor at Life Church, leadership guru. I love Craig Groeschel. I love the way he, he teaches. I love his leadership. I like the way he dresses. And, and if I'm not careful, I can compare myself to him and, and sometimes wanna kind of be like him. Last week, God reminded me, I didn't create you to be like Craig, Will. I created you to be like you. And some of you need to hear that. You need to stop comparing yourself to others because here's the truth, folks. You will never serve God's purposes pretending to be someone else. God made you the way you are. And if you'll embrace it, you'll be able to serve God's purposes with your personality and with everything that God created you to be. Now, somebody here today says, well, I don't really know where to start when it comes to serving God's purposes. Like, I don't even know what to do. And God says, don't you say that. 
Why? Because I made you with passion. I created you to be passionate about some things. How many of you are passionate about something? Listen, we all have passions, and I wanted to tell you this morning that those passions will show you where to start. When it comes to serving God's purposes, your passions will show you where to start. Listen, God's given you desires. He's given you hopes. He's given you dreams, right? He's given you interests. This is how God made you, and we need to pay attention to our passions because they serve as a great guide for how we can serve God's purposes. Maybe for you, it's with the next generation, Right? Maybe you're here today and you're like, man, I'm passionate about kids or students or young adults. Maybe for you, it's about discipling women. Maybe you have a passion to get in there in the trenches with other women and disciple them. Maybe for you, it's foster care and adoption or the homeless. But I know this, that God's given all of us passions and they're a great guide to help us start serving his purposes. Maybe you're struggling to figure out what your passions are. Let me ask you a few questions. Number one, what do you stay up at night thinking about? And don't you dare turn to the person next to you and wink at them, because that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about worthy causes, the cause of Christ, ways that you can help others. What, what keeps you up at night thinking of? What about this? What gives you energy in the morning when you wake up? And don't say coffee. We're talking about causes here, right? What gets you fired up when you think about it? Orphans and widows? Maybe you're like Pastor Lee and it's administration. Weird, I know, right? But some people get really fired up and passionate about administration. It's one of the gifts. We're gonna talk about that here in a second. But what are you passionate about? I came to tell you this morning that embracing how God created you, how he made you with your passions, guess what, that, that, that helps you serve his purposes. And so yeah, I know you have a past. I know you have a personality. And you got some passions. But you know what else I know about you? You possess powers. You possess powers. Now I used powers because spiritual gifts doesn't fit with the P's, right? Uh, past, personality, passions, spiritual gifts. It just throws everything off. So I went with powers, okay? But you possess powers. You possess spiritual gifts and you should use them. Now somebody's here saying, well, I don't feel like I have anything to offer. Go ahead and tell your neighbor what God says. Don't you say that. Let's try that again. You possess powers and God wants you to use them. But somebody in the room says, I don't think I have anything to offer. You tell them what God says. Don't you say that. God has given every single one of you spiritual gifts and you need to use them to serve God's purposes. Romans 12, six says, having gifts that differ, we all have different gifts, according to the grace given to us, these are given to us by God. Read it with me, let us Use them. I know it says six through eight. That's just six. If you want a short list of some of the spiritual gifts that God gives, read seven and eight later on your own time. Maybe even Google spiritual gifts. The Bible is full of spiritual gifts that God gives his people. But what I want you to know this morning is that embracing your gifts helps you to serve God's purposes. Some of you would say, well, how do I know my spiritual gifts? Well, we have a really awesome class called Discover Calvary, 
where you can learn what your spiritual gifts are. And by the way, this isn't a commercial for a class that we have. Everything that we do is done with intentionality. And the intentionality that we have is to make lifelong followers of Christ. And so Discover Calvary is about helping you along in your walk with Christ. Part one of that class, you learn about the church, who we are, what we do, why we do it. And then in part two, we talk all about serving God's purposes. And we give you a spiritual gifts test. And then our discipleship team, get this, comes alongside you to help you start serving God's purposes based on your spiritual gifts. If you have not taken this class, sign up today. It happens every month. Here's the bottom line. You possess powers, okay? We call them spiritual gifts. And you will serve God's purposes best when you embrace the gifts that you have been given. And so your past, your personality, your passions, your powers, embrace how God has uniquely shaped you for his purposes, amen? amen. So let's summarize. I came today to tell you that God has a purpose for your life. God has a purpose for your life. The problem for some of us is that we confuse it. For others, we try to find it. But what I want you to realize this morning is that purpose isn't meant to be found. It's meant to be served. And, and that purpose isn't about you. It's about God. And, and I want you to know this morning that God's purposes are best served when you understand why he created you, but also when you embrace how he made you. And so I wanna ask you this morning, do you know and love him? That's where purpose begins. Do you know and love others in the family of God? Because that's where purpose continues and sort of grows and develops in our lives. And are you telling others about him? Because that is where purpose advances. You were made for God's pleasure, you were made for his family, and you were made for his mission. And when it comes to your past and your personality and your passions and your powers, hey, it's how God made you. Embrace it today and start serving God's purposes. Uh, in 2018, Marc-Andre Leclerc, the world-renowned alpinist, uh, traveled to Alaska with one of his best friends to make what's called a first ascent up a mountain. A first ascent is the very first ascent up a particular route. It's very dangerous. Uh, but as we heard at the beginning of the message, uh, Leclerc was made for this type of thing. And so uh, it's no surprise that him and his friends successfully made the summit. Uh, sadly, though, after sending texts and videos to their friends and family from the summit, neither of them was ever heard from again. Uh, on their descent, they were uh, swept away and buried by an avalanche. Um, after Leclerc's death, uh, a few weeks later, uh, the documentary uh, details this. His, his family and his friends repeatedly said this about Marc Andre. They said, you know, Marc Andre died while serving his purpose. And as Andrew comes out to, to close us in a moment, um, I wanna leave you with a few questions. Number one, what will be said of you when you die? 
Will you be known for having served your own purposes or will you be known for serving the purposes of God? At your funeral, will people think of the purposes of God and go, wow, that guy, that girl, they were made for this. God bless you guys.